Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another crypto current for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. We are bringing you this week's episode of Crypto Currents, where we cover all things current events dealing with cryptocurrency and blockchain. I am joined by the one and only Crypto Corey. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm as optimistic about crypto as ever. Oh, yeah? Why? Is that just because? or um, Because the U.S. government's starting to really crack down hard on it. And I think uh, that's a sign that um, it's probably here to stay because there's something there. All right. Well, I wonder, does this have anything to do with the, uh, so the U.S., this isn't one of our current events, but. No, it's not. But the U.S. just recently announced that they are going to increase the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, which is, for those of you outside the U.S., that is the tax collection agency for the United States. They're increasing the staff count by 87,000 staff members. Yeah, 87,000 more IRS agents. Yeah. That's that's what we need. More more government. Plus, they just announced a seven, what was it, $700 billion Uh, inflation reduction reduction package, which is... We're going to spend $700 billion to... (laughs) To me, that just sounds like an oxymoron. I, I don't know. Are, yeah, it's easy to stop inflation. Uh, the government needs to stop spending more money than they take in. So they, if if that means... If it was a $700 billion reduction, yeah, that if, would actually do something. But the, 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 the federal government, the U.S. federal government has uh, lost its mind when it comes to um, reducing inflation. If, if you want to reduce inflation, you stop printing money. Um, if, if you... If you're spending more than you're taking in, then you have two choices. You either stop spending the money or you raise taxes. And if that's the direction that the government wants to take, then I think that the I think the Congress, uh, the House and the Senate should put them their their I guess our money where their mouth is and just raise taxes. Just do it. Um, quit quit pretending like you're in it for the little man and you keep talking this talk about how we're gonna reduce inflation by continuing to spend money if you, if if it takes raising taxes then just go do it raise taxes and let the chips fall where they may but they won't do that because they know that the they won't get a reelected they won't get reelected and so all of them are trying to uh, and and is there problems with with uh, big businesses not paying taxes yeah there is it's a major problem um but it just like i've said in in many episodes before the way that the laws are are written in the United States are geared towards large businesses, and they're the ones that can afford the attorneys and the special interest groups in order to keep on well, the uh, political interest groups. Yeah, to in order to keep them, uh, you know, ha- having an advantage over the small the small person. So it's the mom and pop shops that usually get hurt um, by the large corporations. Now, now, do I think that they should ban large corporations and round up the one percenters and and shoot them all? Of course not. Uh, but those of you who think that, you know, America is a capitalist society, you're, you're, you're fooled. We're not. Government has meddled so hard and changed rules 
uh, so much that um, there is an advantage for, for big business and, and it's totally unfair. So when, when the people on the streets rise up and say, yes, we must tax the rich, we must make corporations pay, you, you, you can do that all you want, but the corporations are never going to pay. It's never going to happen. All it's going to do is create more rules that the average person has to, has to jump through. So if, if you want to uh, get rid of inflation in the United States, stop printing money, stop spending money that you don't have, raise taxes to cover the shortfall, let the chips fall where they may. And, and let's see what happens. W- one of the, the things that would happen if they would just stop printing money and stop spending money that they don't have um, is that the economy would actually boom because they wouldn't be putting money, they wouldn't be subsidizing things that are inefficient, like corn. Why does the U.S. government subsidize the production of corn? If corn cannot grow on its own, if it does not have any value, um, then it will die and nobody will raise corn. But if the government keeps subsidizing it, then more and more people will grow corn because it, it the government pays them to do it. So just silly things like that. Um, yeah, but that that all of that rambling had nothing to do with why I'm I'm still bullish on crypto. Um, we, I had some things that were in the uh, cryptocurrency that I pulled out that were actually going to put into a a full length episode um, about uh, some interesting developments that that took place yesterday. So we'll get to those. Anyways, um, that's that's my rant for the day. Uh, back to the cryptocurrent. All right. Well, with that rant being said, let's jump to our first story. So this is somebody that we have talked about many times, and we will probably our favorite continue. billionaire our favorite is billionaire back. Who we wish got taxed more. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Elon Musk, he's back, and this is about Twitter. So. He has challenged Twitter's CEO to a public debate uh, concerning the the fake accounts and the spam bots. So, for those of you who remember, I think we talked about this a week or so ago. He pulled Elon Musk. He pulled out of the Twitter deal, and he, uh, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but his reasoning was that he did not believe that the number of fake accounts was what was it less than five percent? Yes. Or, which is what Twitter was saying, right? That was what yes. they were publicly saying. So he did not believe that they were being truthful with him uh, or that maybe they, I guess, he just didn't think that was true. He thinks there's more than 5%. So he backed out. Twitter is trying to sue him or was trying to sue him. And now he's challenging them to a public debate. So what do you what do you think about that? So I, I think we should back up and and think about what Elon Musk is saying and and why it matters. So who who cares if there's a bunch of uh bots on Twitter? I mean, we we all know that there's bots. Like what what difference does that make? Well, what Elon Musk is saying gives value to the company is the user base. So the commodity, the real commodity of Twitter is you and me those of us who engage in Twitter, we're, we're the ones that are being sold. So when Elon Musk tendered his, his offer to Twitter, he was buying me and a bunch of other Twitter users um, so that he can advertise to us, so that he can drive some sort of business model to us and, and gain a profit. Um, so that's the first thing that you have to understand that, that the product that is being sold in any social media platform is you, the individual that uses it, your data is is what they're after your eyeballs is what they're after 
your clicks and your money is is what they're after. Um, and so what Elon Musk is saying is that you're selling me a bunch of people that don't exist. The the product that I'm buying is not all there. And so what what I think is funny about this is because we can't, you know, this isn't really a crypto um, event. Um, it's just that Elon Musk is so uh, inseparable from uh, crypto and and the things that he wanted to do. It, it's with, just with Twitter. There's always a good story with yeah. Him. There's always there's always just a good story that I that I think is interesting and somewhat tangentially uh, crypto related. But this is the equivalent of uh, for those of you who might be outside the United States. There was a period of time in in the in the U.S. when when it was the Wild West, and I guess a person could could challenge another person to a to a duel in the streets at high noon. This is that. This is the electronic social media equivalent of uh, challenging someone to a duel. And instead of, uh, you know, two six shooters uh, like or pistols. Uh, it'll be just a bunch of lawyers and attorneys. Yeah, it'll just be, a, it'll be shots fired uh, of words. Um, so I, I just think it's funny that uh, Elon Musk is using the very platform that he's refusing to buy to challenge the people who are trying to force him to buy the very platform that he's using to challenge them on. Uh, it just seems somehow uh, ironic um, that that his platform Twitter is the way that he's calling out the the the, um, the uh, CEO of Twitter. So it'll be interesting. I I doubt um, that there will be a debate uh, held. Um, Elon Musk is just trying to, to uh, gain uh, the public opinion and uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, one of the things that Musk was interested in uh, for a trial was that whenever you have a, this type of a trial, you have to allow discovery. And so um, he feels like he'd be able to get access to their own internal data um, that he feels would show that they're, there are more spam bots than, than than what they're saying. So again, another Twitter story with uh, Elon Musk at the center. So my question is, and this is this may be tangential as well. If Twitter knows how many bots there are, can why can they not take any action to like block them or, or delete them, or is it just they are already doing that and the bots are just created so quickly that they can't really. Yeah, I don't. Or, or maybe do they? Maybe they say they think there's less than five percent, but really they have no idea. Yeah, I don't. Or, I, I, I don't. Anything? Maybe a combination of all those. Yeah, any comment of mine would would just be a, a wild guess. Um, I, I think it's it's pretty clear that Elon Musk either doesn't want to buy Twitter, and, and I'm kind of leaning towards that direction that he just doesn't want to buy it. Um, the reasons why may or may not be the bots. It, it may more be a ca- cash flow uh, issue with his stock uh, in Tesla having dropped so much uh, over the last uh, few months with the you know decline in the stock market, the the, the decline in the crypto market. Um, his net worth is down, so the the purchase of Twitter represents a much larger chunk of his net worth, and so he 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 may not want to buy him at all or. Um, He's trying to get it at a discount, like he wants to uh, force a renegotiation on on the price, which I don't know if that's going to work because the the uh, stockholders have to uh, approve a, an offer or or a change in the price, and um, I, I don't know if it if it would be attractive to them uh, to do so. 
So that's that's my guess on Elon Musk's motivations. Um, as for the the company itself, Twitter, you know, I don't know what they do know or don't know about bots. I don't know if the bots help them somehow internally uh, in terms of, of uh, you know, making it look like they have more users than they do and, and really artificially pumping up the, their, their usage stats and, and uh, you know, doing the very thing that Elon Musk is complaining about, making Twitter look like it's more valuable than it is. Um, what, one of the things that you, you have to understand is that tw- Twitter's business model is to get people to advertise on it. And the idea of, hey, this is our user base, therefore each click of a targeted user is worth this much because of the user base. Um, if that is proven to be less than 5%, maybe they're worried that it, it could um, cause some lawsuits uh, from people who, who might feel like they've overpaid uh, based upon false numbers. So basically Twitter has sold them a, a product uh, in terms of advertising that um, was inaccurate. Uh, and priced incorrectly. Um, but I, I, again, it, this is all a wild guess on, on my part. I have no idea. Yeah, that is fair. Some, some good guesses, I, I would say. All right, well, let's jump to our next story. So this one is about Nepal. I don't, I don't think we've talked about them before, have we? No, we haven't. So a new country, it's not well, it's the not US. A new, it's not a new country. Well, a new country. Country covered on the cryptocracy. We've never mentioned we, them before. We usually talk about what Turkey and El uh, Salvador and the United States, Russia, you know, Ukraine. Every once in a while, the European Union comes comes up. The fatherland, the fatherland. The, I uh, yeah, the mother, um, the motherland, the motherland. Yeah, Russia. We've we've talked about Russia a lot. Um, but anyways, so Nepal, they are preparing to issue a digital currency. So they are. I guess, in the process of drafting necessary amendments. Now, is that to their, I'm assuming their constitution? Um, I mean, it, 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 it could, I mean, when they draft the necessary amendments, it has to be to whatever um, laws that they have that would prevent them uh, from issuing a digital currency or might uh, make how a digital currency would be hand, handled un, unclear. Um, I, I, I think that we should keep two things in mind. The fact that a nation is producing a digital currency is not an endorsement of crypto. Because remember, what we are trying to achieve in crypto is the separation of money from the state. Uh, Not allowing the state to control money, but allowing money to be what it is naturally and let the market um, set, set the rate and value of money and to keep the state from inflating uh, their money supply. So um, I I don't think that this is an endorsement of crypto, although I think a lot of people feel like it is. Um, If you look at China, China wants to produce a uh, a digital currency and they're not, you know, pro crypto. Um, They're pro blockchain, uh, which is another, a whole nother uh, discussion, but they're not pro crypto. And, um, but I, I do think it's, it's really interesting that, uh, governments are starting to understand the power of the blockchain. And I think that, that this, this is, while not an endorsement of crypto itself, I think it is an endorsement of the idea of blockchain and how a government might use it. Now, do I think that Nepal's monetary system is going to be great because they, they produce a digital currency? No, because it's, it's just as easy to produce 
uh, to it, inflate a digital yeah, currency. It's just as easy to inflate a cryptocurrency as it is to in- inflate the the U.S. dollar, um, and they don't have to do any printing at all. Um, not that all the U.S. dollars are printed because most of them are created in you know on ledgers uh, in in the banking system, uh, but they but we do print cash still. So it's it's probably the easiest way to 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 inflate a money is just to create more of the of the digital currency. So um, again, not an endorsement of crypto, but a strong strong endorsement of blockchain and the fact that there are uses for blockchain outside of of Bitcoin, um, which makes the the maxis mad. Now, the Bitcoin maxis will, would come right back at me and say, well, this proves our point. You got governments that are using blockchain to, to create more fiat um, because just because it's a cryptocurrency or a digital currency does not mean that it's not a fiat currency. There's nothing really backing it. Um, there's no value in the network that, that they uh, are using other than the, um, the, the digital currency itself. So that's a, I think that that would be an interesting uh, argument and and debate to have maybe they'll challenge you to a public debate yeah like like yeah like elon musk uh, maybe one of the maxis will call me out we got eight listeners i mean who who are we fooling the, the eight people that are out there and one of them isn't uh any bitcoin maxi they they would have quit Ooh, on the first yeah, episode maybe, yeah unless they i don't know unless they just like hearing two goobers talk about cryptocurrency and bitcoin um and blockchain, I should say. I, we do talk about Bitcoin a lot, but uh, that's not all we talk about. All right. Um, super interesting. Let's jump to our final story today. Um, this is somebody we also talk about a lot, usually in conjunction with Elon Musk, because he also really likes Dogecoin. Uh, the one and only Mark Cuban has had some things to say about the metaverse. It, um, he doesn't seem to be a huge fan, but I feel like when I read the article, it was, he's like, he's not a fan of it now just because it hasn't really been fleshed out. And it's so ambiguous. I, I don't know. What are, your, what are your thoughts on? Yeah, this is a, this is an article that uh, understanding the full context, uh, I think would help you to understand um, Mark Cuban's uh, points uh, on the metaverse. I don't think that he is, is incorrect in a lot of what he says. Um, and I don't know if he um, is mocking the metaverse specifically, but uh, he said that buying land in the metaverse was the dumbest. Um, well, he swears expletive. Here. Yeah, the dumbest expletive ever. Um, so what I think what he's saying is, hey, there's a good chance that if you go out and you buy land in the metaverse, you're uh, about to be um, you're about to lose your money because it's probably going to be worth zero. Yeah, and 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 he would be correct for a metaverse project. To be valuable, you have to have something that would draw people in and keep people in and drive uh, the value of the land itself. In a lot of uh, projects, uh, NFT projects, uh, you'll end up with a lot of hype created around a a project and then people will get excited about it and, and then they'll buy it and then they'll uh, there's all these promises of we've got all these utilities for these NFTs and they're gonna be used in our our version of the metaverse. And uh, really exciting things are coming, and then the next thing you know, the uh, it, it's basically a rug pull. The the team stops responding on Discord, and nobody's at home, and they've just basically taken two million dollars worth of ETH and fled to El Salvador. And fled to El Salvador, cashed it in for Bitcoin, and are sitting on Bitcoin Beach, 
Um, is that a real thing? Bitcoin Beach? Yeah. Uh, they, they call it. it sounds Bitcoin. like a, a Mario Kart track. Yeah. No, Bit, Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador. It, it's a place where there's a lot of vendors who do who accept uh, Bitcoin as payment for uh, services. Anyways, um, so, you know, Mark Cuban is is correct. However, my personal opinion, and, you know, take it for what it's worth, this is not financial advice. Crypto Corey is not a billionaire. He is not nearly successful, as successful as Mark Cuban. Um, but this is my opinion. Um, I do think that there are metaverse projects out there that are going to succeed. Are you specifically talking about real estate projects, metaverse real estate, or just metaverse projects in general? Uh, metaverse projects in general and metaverse real estate. Um, I I still am 100% uh, believing in Vulcanverse. Uh, I think that they've got a great idea. They've got a game uh, that I enjoy exploring their world. Um, their, uh, their berserk game, I think is, is fun to play. Uh, they've got several other games out that I just haven't had time to download and evaluate. And, you know, we've established that crypto Corey is not a gamer, uh, by nature, but, uh, does enjoy the, the, the fantasy world that. So basically you're saying that I think if you can enjoy it as a non-gamer, then, a, a absolutely a gamer would enjoy it. Much yeah, more. absolutely. And, I, and and what Mark Cuban is saying, until there's a standard out there um, that all the metaverses adhere to, um, so, so that, that there, the interoperability is there, um, he just doesn't think that it's, it's worth buying anything. Now, there is one point um, I think that, that we should discuss that, that modifies my uh, exuberance over uh, interoperability in the metaverse. And that is most of the bridges, not most, I, I, I don't know if it's fair to say most, but a lot of the bridges um, between chains have just been exploited right and left. Um, I don't know if it's uh, shoddy programming, um, people just trying to throw something up quickly, but it just seems like every time we turn around, there's another bridge that's been hacked. And uh, what I mean by that is in order for you to take your cryptocurrency from one chain to another, it has to be wrapped. In other words, if if you're trying to go from let let's just pretend we'll we'll take ether we'll take Ethereum and um and Algorand the, the, these are two uh, popular uh, cryptocurrencies that are uh, not Bitcoin. Um, if you were going to take Algorand and move it onto the Ethereum blockchain, you would need a bridge, and your Algorand that you had would have to go into the contract, the bridge contract, and be locked up on Algorand, and on the Ethereum contract they would mint you uh, tokens uh, equal to the value of the Algorand that you locked up in their contract, and you would then have this wrapped uh, Ethereum um, that you could use on the, on the Ethereum uh, blockchain. Or, uh, sorry, you would have wrapped Algorand uh, that you could use then on the Ethereum blockchain and vice versa. You would take Ethereum and put it into the bridge contract and you would have wrapped Ethereum on the Algorand um, uh, network. What happens is, is that someone goes in and they they usually, there's an exploit that seems to, to have been used multiple times on different bridges. And that is where they're able to find a security hole where they can, they can trick the bridge into thinking that their address is another address that has the, the uh, funds in it um, to to lock up or to unlock, and 
um, get it, get them to send that those funds to the other address, the, the address that they own. So what they do is somewhere along the process, they inject an address for verification that has the right amount of Ethereum in it. But then when they cash out, they cash out to a different address that, that they own. So they, they, they use someone's address that they don't own that has the Ethereum and inject that into the, the security val- verification so that they think that they have the money. But then when they cash it out, it goes to a, a completely different address. And this seems to be happening over and over and over again. Um, so until we get some, some standards that are you know bulletproof, uh, on bridging, I think that we have a problem with building the metaverse because the whole idea is to be able to interoperate between all these different blockchains and have an identity that can span all of these chains so that you don't have to create an Algorand identity or an Ethereum identity. Um, you know, my Vulcanverse identity should be able to, to traverse any of these blockchains and participate in any of these other games. So I think that the the technology is in its infancy. But... Do I think that every project that exists now will fail? No, I actually, I think that there are some gems out there and that it's still early and that you could get on them. And um, if, if you're looking to, to profit, that there is money to be made. I'm still bullish on, on Vulcanverse. Uh, haven't sold a single uh, NFT. Um, don't have the need to do it, so I can afford to sit on them. Uh, for a few years and and if they go to zero it's just um i i honestly just didn't pay that much to get it to get into it in the first place yeah well said well said all right well that about does it for this episode hope you guys found that interesting and informative and now you are up to date on some important crypto news all right well if you haven't already give us a follow on twitter at the underscore cryptocracy and on instagram at the cryptocracy and stay cryptic.